popularity is the slutty little cousin of prestige, Ed Norton, as Mike Shiner from the film Birdman. He's kind of crazy, she's a little insane. Hearing Kenny G really messes with his brain. One is divorced, the other's husband is dead. That's why they're so both messed up in the head. It's the silver linings plague. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Silver Linings Playcast. As far as I know, this is the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. As you can probably tell, that was a very, very special intro, and it should be. It should be, because this is a very special episode. This is our 100th episode. This is actually part 10 of a special 100-parter, 100th episode. It's the 10... I, I can't believe that. I'm already 10 weeks. I can't. There's no way I'm 10 weeks into a special. Something must be wrong. My math must be really off. Anyway, we're going to go with it. You're Asian, though. Whatever. Really good at math. Trust yourself. I'm, I'm not good at math, though, because I'm not great at being Asian. But anyway, we have a very special guest this week. It is Miss uh, Katie. Pilipalskis. We call her Katie P. Here. I call her other things, but uh, we're not going to do that on the... I'm just kidding. I've already... Oh, I'm not. I've (laughs) already made this way more... uh, Jesse! Damn it. Okay. Um, Intimate. Yes. That's that's a buzzword right now. Ceramic and intimate. With two podcasters. Talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and Silver While Lines Tom Playbook. Segura is a uh, Segura, sorry, um, he's in town, so you know this he is. is. And it, and our our intro was actually sung by Katie. If you, if y'all couldn't guess that, if y'all thought I was just having the most beautiful, uh, uh, I do a really good impression of you. <laughs> it was. I mean, I, I had raised the voice. On, uh, the, my favorite thing is that she asked me for the lyrics two of the song which made it feel the most like a real song that it's ever felt like in in its existence there's a level of professionalism that resides in us all <laughs> On, inside me there are two professionals and they're both wolves <laughs> they're wolves of wall <laughs> wolf of the Katie <laughs> yeah it's like uh, you, what I you haven't you haven't seen the Wolf of Wall Street yet, but it would be funny to do a. Now, a, honestly, I think that I have seen it in entirety, but not at the same time. It's funny how that works. The same thing with like, Talladega Nights. I can quote that movie though. I have never seen it from beginning to end. I've seen the whole thing twice fully, and I can't quote any of it. But do you know how to use Shake and Bake? I don't even I remember they said shake and bake I think one of their names that's their nicknames for each other and then they pound fists like let's shake them and bake them buddy I don't I don't don't remember did you ever eat um, shake and bake growing up yes yeah I was very excited about it it was I was excited about it too it was why were you excited um because there was a commercial 
where with it's shake and bake and I mm-hmm. helped and the kid would be like and I helped and I was like oh I can I can yeah, help yeah see that was that was a propaganda film from the early 90s <laughs> it was it's, yeah, it's it's how to make people feel like they are relevant within the household I want to redo and make all them the productive members of society commercials are total propaganda and we treat them differently because we like the products but if, if they were all black and white films that were like this week in the kitchen there is chicken that is being put in little bags and you can get your kids to help clean and cook if you make them think it's a fun activity. Um, exactly. Yeah, so I was like, oh, now, can I do the shaking? And Exactly, exactly. See, like, you felt like you mm-hmm. were valid and you were part of some sort of mm-hmm. family thing. And we also spoke recently about the idea of sitting around the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm feeling like you're contributing to something. I'm so fat that when I sit around the dinner table, I literally sit around, around. the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're so fat you're on both sides of the family. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm my own mama. <laughs> so, yeah, let's tie it back into Tom and, you know, this is not your mama's house. <laughs> I think I think this is uh, that's actually a great indicator of like our generation, the millennial, like the, the, uh, maybe that's the one big difference. The Gen, Gen X was nihilist in a way. They're like, oh, your mom is stupid. And ours, our generation is like, no one is stupider than I am. Yes. Own it. We, we should have our own, like our own, when, when millennials have like <laughs> roast battles, we just roast ourselves. We're like, I, I mean that's yeah also we, we we watched the um the roast the other day um or the highlights of the roasts and Andy Sandberg was talking about it, like boom roasted myself <laughs> like and Ron Riggle does the same thing he's like ah oh, triple roasted I mm-hmm. hate myself <laughs> yo I am so desperate for attention that sometimes I mistake laughter for interest. Boom. Sorry, I totally was moving the mic. My bad. That's okay. The number one rule of podcasting is none of this matters. (laughs) And that's what makes it matter the most. We're creating matter out of our, like, expelling the air from our lungs and, you know. Or, Or the second... Law of thermodynamics that <laughs> entropy can't be created. It can only be changed or something like that. Ooh, what? Okay. We watched something else recently about that entropy. About Oh, no, Tenet, of course. Why are there no <sighs> more movies like that? <sighs> I know. That's, I'm just hearing that constantly in my head. That's like... There, the warning cue. There, I, yeah, I think the movie was supposed to be called Tinnitus. Uh, yes. But the the title writer couldn't hear it because he had it from listening to all the editing cuts. <laughs> like, couldn't couldn't hear the dialogue in it. Actually, there probably are more movies. No, it's probably like, because... Um, no, this is, that's a cheap... I'm, I'm reaching for a cheap joke here, so I'll let you continue. <laughs> no, that's what this podcast... Here's, here's, here's the way you play that. Uh, let it settle. Let me f- give it a couple seconds for me to forget about it, and then, if if it comes up, you can bring it up again later. 
for the callback. That's what I like to do a lot. Like that. That's that's my humor. Sometimes I have to wait years for that callback to come come back. But you have ninety more parts of the special one hundred parter <laughs> hundredth episode <laughs> to play if you, if you want it in the same episode. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. So let's talk about uh, we we both watched a I'm going to call it an interesting film because it was very unique in my eyes oh there's a note uh you don't have to read it out loud i just saw it and i wanted you to know i love it yeah that's why keep it over there um so a couple weeks ago we uh we on the podcast had gone through a list screen rants list of the top 10 movies that if you like silver linings playbook you might like these movies as well number 10 was uncut gems Mm-hmm. And we talked about how that was similar. Um, so we, we went and... Uh, you actually I, did a play-by-play. I did. It was a very high-stress endeavor. I you actually, looked so comfortable, though. <laughs> that's the key to my success. I just try to not show how much I'm sweating. Which is works out because Asians have fewer sweat glands per square inch of skin than any other race. That's not the stereotype that, that we have publicly, but it's one of the things that's true. It could be. Um, so in reality, you're just jaundiced because you can't get rid of like any of the pollutants in I, your bloodstream. You know, jaundice <laughs> is the opposite of... Uh, it's the, oh man, I'm I dragged out my words let too it, much. Let it settle. Let it settle. I was, exactly. Okay, so now we both we we both have ticking time we bombs. Have, we have both have tally marks on the exactly. board. Exactly. Uh, so we want. I feel so purposeful right now. Well, okay, so this is perfect. Either, uh, you, either you are purposeful, which I I like to believe, is true, or also. We're um, all dying. Maybe uh, you are nothing, um, or because none of us are. Plays into the movie we watch. We watch Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, mm. um, which is number nine on the list of movies that you might like if you like Silver Linings Playbook. I want to say they're pretty Ooh. different movies. Yes. Um, I want to hear your opinion on this. I want to say. I'm, and I'm a little frustrated. I like, I told you this when we watched it. I like to believe that I understand movies pretty well and that I get the, the artiness of movies. I did not totally get Birdman. I did not finish it and think, this is brilliant. I, I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. It was visually um, intriguing to me, but like there was something about the theme that I was not quite getting i missed a little bit i i can agree with that um what i wanted to say was we had a conversation about um not to be like boomer mentality which again i'm being generational and being reductive so shame on me but we talked about gen z humor and how we don't understand it necessarily but maybe they don't either so it's it's this this give and take of like 
they don't even want to admit that they don't get the joke, potentially. And so, like, my inner child is thinking, like, oh, man, I'm just going to laugh at something because other people are laughing at it. Like, perchance, Birdman is something that is open to interpretation like tarot cards i I feel like like that's what they did i feel like that they had like a pretty good idea and they had a neat way to make it so that it felt like one shot which was fun um now again do you feel like the cinematography actually may have been the focal point where they could have put anything behind that Here's the weird. I think I think less symbolism would make, have made me enjoy it more if it had been. They, <coughs> Excuse I thought, me. Absolutely, we're not gonna edit that out in post. Uh, all I'm the, the worst. Uh, clicks, licks, and pops stay in. Um, so I thought uh, if it had not been about Birdman and some failing act, if it had actually just been like a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Um, about like one night in a theater, it would have been really cool. I thought yeah, like like to, like, to keep like going a Guffman back. type, like waiting for Guffman exactly. type. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't think they needed all that weirdness. I actually don't think they needed like this bird like Birdman fantasy. Just to have some guy that like he was a movie star and now he's trying to make it on Broadway. That was an interesting story. But now also when we're talking about how it relates to Silver Linings playbook It mm-hmm. is a mental health story, similar even to like Joker potentially. I, I, I thought actually there was it. It reminded me a lot more of Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, because of because of the way that it it was physically displayed, and it was like the narrative. I feel like the narrative was driven by the cinematography. Absolutely. And I also feel like that was a big, like, hey, let's whip it out and whip it on the table type, excuse me, situation. Um, Script. <laughs> yeah, see? Whipping I should be working script. right now. <laughs> and now my gut is, uh, sorry. Um, but yeah, like. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that they were, they definitely, um, I think they had, like, too many different ideas. I think they put two ideas for two different good movies together, and to me, it would have been more beautiful if they had reduced it, reducted it to well to one. Now, there's a point. There's a point in my brain, or like a like a a section in my brain that is also thinking that hey, because I can kind of relate to this. Uh, this aspect of it but it's like hey let's get everything out that we need to get out and let other people define it um because sometimes like like um we've mentioned marcus on like er, yeah we've mentioned marcus on the show at some point sorry we (laughs) um sometimes when it comes to music or some it comes to like creativity and stuff sometimes you just do need to purge and get things out which is like somebody like elton john he just writes and records and releases literally everything that comes to his brain where somebody like prince or billy joel they they record everything 
potentially or hypothetically, but they keep it in a vault or they keep it until they're ready to understand it. Um, I know I'm talking kind of in like cyclical, circle-y things here, but perhaps Birdman, because we're even talking about it right now, maybe that was the point of them creating something that was so visually stunning where you think that it's more than it actually is. That's no, that's exactly what I thought. I, I felt like they left a lot of. I, I felt like it was a good improv, not it, not that it was improv, but but when I took improv, I was always told like leave little nuggets mm-hmm. for the audience and let them draw their own conclusions, and then they'll mm-hmm. see a significance that you maybe didn't even imply. I felt like there was a lot of that, and that, that's why people were like. This movie is so good. It, it has like an eighty or ninety out of Rotten Tomatoes, and when in that's actuality, why people also clung to things like Black Mirror, mm-hmm. because they could draw their own conclusions. So it's thought provoking, at the base of it. it which and is, was that the intention behind that? Film? Exactly, and I think as or as a TV podcaster, show. with one of the deepest and most insightful podcasts on the topic of Silver Linings Playbook, the movie Absolutely. and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. I don't, I don't like to give too much information. What's the email? It's silverliningsplaycast at gmail.com. Yeah, so if you do feel so like obliged to weigh in on this conversation, you can email. Mm-hmm. And we're on all the uh, social media. Uh, actually, we're not on all the social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook, at silverliningsplaycast, at both of those. Soon um, to be on Craigslist and WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, um, Marco Polo. Great, great app. Not sponsored, but like not sponsored by them, but great, great app. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about starting a video service. My cousin and I video. have existential crises on uh, what or not WhatsApp. Uh, Marco Polo, like, which I, I feel daily. It, is the best one to have because Marco Polo himself was an explorer who was just I think like wandering the world. There's that game where one yeah. person says Marco and they're blind and they're just calling out or deaf can you can you imagine deaf Marco Polo that would be an interesting actually uh, another social media platform would be TikTok uh, there was a video the other day of a deaf person speaking about how people that could hear created a version and reinvented Marco Polo he said, you guys keep your eyes open. And they created their own version of the game to be inclusive. I want an emotional Marco Polo where it, you, you <laughs> play with emotionally blind people and others try to love you. And you, you Do you tell them to fuck off? Pool. Oh, Absolutely. I'm sorry. Was that, did I use the F? I used the one F? Yeah, that's Dang. fine. It's okay. Well, I don't think I have too many uh, young listeners. It, the weird thing is, too, the the uh, movie Silver Linings Playbook is rated R for language and adult situations, brief nudity, and violence. I don't remember any nudity. Well, you haven't watched the movie as many times as I have, then I promise it's there. Um, it's uh, The characters of Nikki and Doug Culpepper are in the shower. And, um... Yeah, but you know what? They both look like fat suits. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they both I do look, remember that. Skinny suits. Um, um, 
there's a lot of emotional nudity in the film. Um, so it would be there's weird. There's a lot of raw dogging emotionally. <laughs> yes. It would be very strange to have like a PG podcast about a rated R movie because then you couldn't even talk about all the all the parts of it. Ooh, sidestep here potentially. You can mm-hmm. absolutely shut this down, but I have subscribed sub subscribed to the idea that certain genres of films, the way that they're rated these days. It's not worth me watching to get the whole story unless it is rated R. How has that changed over the years? That's interesting because a lot of movies that were some of the best movies from the 80s, I believe, all have PG ratings. Yes. Um, Because that was a lot more extreme, I guess. Or I don't know, the standards were... This, no, it's not that standards were lower. It's not that. It's that things were more widely acceptable. Well, also so that P- also, I mean, that, that, could be, that could be a whole podcast. PG stands itself. for parental guidance. And so back, I guess, in the 80s, it, the parents were making the decisions. Or, or I, I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. It's kind I of would weird assume if you look so. At that. PG means, hey, parents, uh, make a decision about it based on your yes. best knowledge and then they started adding years to it too which is kind of weird Mm -hmm. um yeah because again who is who is the authority on that it's funny i think it's actually uh it's um i don't remember what the organization is called it's the catholic church yeah the the mpaa Mm -hmm. uh was largely lobbied by and i believe it's like the um, american uh whatever the order is of, of that's that's kind of terrifying in a way because again recovering Catholic. Um, it is. There's a whole documentary on it. You should watch because you love documentaries. It's, yes, I do. I love infotainment. There's a fac- <laughs> fascinating uh, documentary about how the movie rating system started and how inconsistent. Do you know it is. what it's called? Um, I don't. I would love to remember though because it has it has a name. It's for your consideration is a Christopher Guest film. It's something <gasps> like that, though. Um, on. On I love the way that your uh, keyboard oh, sounds. This, this film is not yet rated. It is a 2006 American documentary film about the Motion Picture Association and um, sort of the... Uh, this film is not yet rated. Yep. Yeah. I forgot, that was actually a, a fascinating uh, documentary. Um, really funny, because when I say that into the Alexa app, uh, this is not Berlin, the whistleblower, and hell of the living dead. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's... See, the music, that was my... Um, Production company, Netflix, uh, Candid Camera, Netflix, and BBC Films. Distributed 2010? by... 2010? 2006. It's a 98-minute film. Um, oh, it's, oh, it's a mockumentary, it looks like. Wait, oh, wait, what is that? That's a different... Uh, the five Christopher Guest mockumentary movies ranked from worst to best is the uh, oh. on the wrap. Oh, really? Okay, what... Do you want to give, give me the order? We love lists here on the podcast. I am no. 
Um, is it counting up or counting down? It looks like it starts at five, and so it's counting up to the best one. Okay. So number five is for, for your, your consideration. consideration. Number four is waiting for Guffman. Number three is a mighty wind. Mm. Mm. Number um, okay. two is mascots. Number one is best in show. Wow. Ooh. Right? Yeah, I'm oh, not. That, mm, 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 exactly. I'm, okay, so let's see. I'm not thrilled with that. Okay, list. hold on. Here's here's uh here's another list. Let's go. Christopher Guest movies, greatest eleven films, rated and ranked worst to best. Number eleven on this list is mascots. Number 10 is For Your Consideration. Mm-hmm, okay. No thanks. Number 9 is The Long Riders. Wow, 1980. I feel like he doesn't get enough credit. God. Number 8 is uh, Mrs. Henderson's... Mr. Mrs. Henderson presents or presents shit. Sorry. Oh, I used two cuss words. My bad. It's okay. Don't don't stress over it. Number eight is a. Or I'm sorry. Yeah. That, okay. So number seven is a mighty wind. Wow. Number six is a few good men. What a few good men. Guess had a small but pivotal part as the somewhat shady commander. Huh. Who is interrogated by Cruz's callow and cocky military lawyer as he defends two young Marines. So, are they considering this a mockumentary? Oh, okay. I guess, um... I don't... I mean, this is just, apparently, like, this one might just be just Christopher Guest films. Yeah, because I know he, he is an actor, Kiefer, too, and he's been Kiefer, in Kiefer. He's been... They're all Rob Reiner. Every single one of these are Rob Reiner. Also, I'm having the problem that... Uh, and Aaron Sorkin! Oh, that makes sense. I'm sorry, I love Aaron Sorkin. Christopher Ugh. Guest was a writer... Um, one of three writers of uh, this is Spinal Tap. Rob yes. Reiner directed it, but writers Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, yep. and Harry Shearer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't on any of those lists that you've read to me so far. Now, number five will also potentially blow your mind. Little Shop of Horrors. As an actor? Was he in that? So, director was Frank Oz, but Guest makes a cameo appearance early on in his musical based on Roger Corman's 1960 cult classic. Um, the actor is credited as the first customer, since his strangely upbeat businessman is like the first visitor to the flower shop. So... I guess they're they're deep diving on this list of mm -hmm. like Christopher Guest movies, but if he had a cameo, that means he he potentially had writing credit. He had to have some sort of creative outlet within that film. 
this is weird. Yeah, this is it, it is kind of weird like how you're going to consider Also, hold on. Even even more like incredible. Number 4 is the Princess Bride. Oh, see, I absolutely remember that. And that was one Rob of Rob Reiner huge... also. And that um, whether you want to attribute it to him or not, I would say he was in that, and that was one of the better movies than some of those uh, that have been on that list. So that's wild. This is a great list because it, it's cross genre and it's cross. That's okay. So profession, he, I guess, as a director. And I went up to IMDb. Christopher Guest has has been a director of seventeen different. Uh, he's yes, Best projects. in Show is number three, which um, he was the director of. What? So he in two thousand eighteen apparently he did a real documentary that was not a mockumentary or funny. Loudon Wainwright three, Surviving Twin. Um, mascots, eight episodes of Family Tree, Academy Awards special. The Thick of It TV movie, for your consideration, A Mighty Wind, Best in Show, DOA, Almost Heroes, Waiting for Guffman, Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, Morton and Hayes, Trying Times, The Big Picture, Tall Tales and Legends, and uh, six episodes of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> you hiccuped. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. Okay, the episodes of Saturday Night Live that Christopher Guest directed, one was... Uh, Howard Cosell and Greg Kinn. Um, one was Harry Anderson and Brian Adams. Wow. One was Eddie Murphy and Robert Plant and the Honey Drippers. What? One was Ed Asner oh and the goodness. Kinks. And then one was Michael McKeon and uh, Shaka Khan. And the folks okay, so I want to tell you as far as musical guests <laughs> is concerned. Like... The inner child nerdy music kid uh-huh. was like, what? Those matchups, like, like the big personalities, like, just uh-huh. the, like the producers of those shows. So put Eddie Murphy and Robert Plant, they, at the time in their <laughs> fields, were so polarizing, uh-huh. and they matched up their energy so well. Holy crap! This is actually so interesting. I just want to go People back are and like, look and, um, yeah, like I'm I'm actually curious now of of going back and like looking at all the different musical acts from like all the forty years of Saturday mm. Night Live because I know mm-hmm. they always try to feature either somebody that's like very hot at the moment or somebody that's like sometimes just about to be, too. So like it's very interesting to see that guess for those or, ones where they're not not at the top already or they've burnt out and they're re like they're breathing mm-hmm. life back into something and that's also like that's how i feel like any type of entertainment industry can handle themselves like you have people that are fizzling out or don't have that that same wide grasp but they have a fan base Mm-hmm. And so to bring somebody not, excuse me, not necessarily out of retirement, but to breathe a new life into certain things, mm-hmm. like that list that you just read me, Brian Adams and who? 
Uh, Not like, oh, who? Like, yeah, no, I was about to say Peter Townsend. Um, ah! but, uh, Brian Adams and uh, Harry Anderson. Yeah. The, oh, okay. These hosted by three-time Emmy-nominated Emmy actor Harry... Oh, so I'm looking at this specific episode. It aired on February 9th, 1985. Mm-hmm. Uh, selected sketches and segments from the 1985 Night episode, Court, right? hosted by yeah Harry Anderson, with special guests appearances by Carol Burnett, Johnny Cash, <gasps> June Carter, Cash, <sighs> Waylon Jennings, and Christopher Reeve. And and Christopher Guest was a part of that. See how mm-hmm. you like? Oh, because this was a great. Um, this is an incredible. This is a great era. So I'm looking at the cast <sighs> at the time. Harry Anderson was the host. Jim Belushi was part of the cast. Uh, Billy Crystal, uh, oh Mary my. Gross, um, Lou, Julia Louis Dreyfus, uh, Harry Shearer, Martin Short, um, Jamie. That was. I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to use your name right now. <laughs> no, wait, no. This is this is not an interrogation. It's it's, uh, it's a podcast. I, I, I intro. I, I'm, I'm, I... My name is Jamie Ward. I'm the host of the Silver Linings Playcast. Where can I where can I watch this? Um, I, for a while, I think all of SNL was on Hulu. Uh, this I, is, I like, I'm sorry, but you're reading me that cast, and it is just, like, pins and needles pricking me in every creative aspect. Like, I can only imagine how much, like, brain explosion was happening in that room. Like, when they were rehearsing... That's so many. I know. This is. <sighs> this is wild. This is absolute. Um... Also. Mm-hmm. As a society, how do we create something else like that? Uh... Something else like. SNL still exists, but it has obviously lost its footing. It, yeah. In my opinion, I feel like they missed their mark on what it was meant to be in the first place. So, creating something, I, f- I feel like there's there's a space in the world to to create something like that. Oh man, I'm getting emotional. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. This is but to have sick. to have yeah. that outlet of so many different types of things, it's like I hate to to discredit it by calling it a variety show, but yeah. what are we all doing? Like I'm in a band that's a variety show. <laughs> like <clears throat> a lot of people that are in sales are also actually just performing in a variety show. Podcasters are. It is. A variety show. Like, yeah. Just call it what it is and just bring back a new one. Or not bring back one, but cultivate something else. Yeah. I like art. Art will always prevail. It will. Slutty cousins. (laughs) Oh, that actually, so that's fun that the quote is is now, like, more relevant than sometimes I just pick Mm. them at random because they have the right words. Sometimes I pick them for thematic reason, but I feel like. 
We're close to finding the meaning for why it was the important quote this week. Popularity is the slutty little cousin of prestige. Um, this is sad. I'm on Hulu and they have seasons current through 30. Which, to be fair, you know, that's, uh, that's um, a lot. 47, 30, that's 17 seasons of SNL they have on Hulu. And then they skip to seasons 5, 1 through 5. So they're missing... Uh, well, 25 years of it. Um, you also know that that probably, like, we were talking about certain things, like uh, Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. Delirious. Um, there are certain jokes that don't necessarily age well, mm-hmm. but they were relevant at the time. And I feel like a lot of people miss that mark of how relevant. certain certain jokes like the like the backstory of those jokes like he's saying these other jokes that are definitely like tacky if you will nowadays but again the history the history and the and the evolution of joke telling and storytelling it changes obviously it's going Mm -hmm. to evolve that's the evolution that's it's within that name and history is you learn from it so you don't necessarily repeat the bad things but it was like his jokes were so relevant at the time to bring up issues that were relevant at the time and to slap people in the face with that that style of comedy Mm -hmm. was necessary and he like genuinely felt like I mean, I'm not, I'm not condoning anything that, like, you know, because obviously we have lawyers and things here at the Silver Linings Playcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll have to consult them, but yeah. the, like, like the prophecy of George Carlin is coming to fruition. Is like nothing is sacred. Like George Carlin was on the first episode. He was the the first host of Saturday Night Live ever. In really? Seventy-five, which came out on my birthday, October eleventh, nineteen seventy-five. Um, uh, Billy Preston and Janice Ian uh, wow. were the guests, musical guests. This this is so cool. I actually I'm loving. Looking I know at I'm the I'm like I'm loving this deep dive. Season episode two was Paul Simon, Randy Newman, <gasps> Phoebe Snow. Oh my goodness! Um, oh my see and now. Do you know, who, can I ask you, do you know who, because uh, you might know this musician, but I, I'm not familiar, uh, Loudon Wainwright III. Is that a name that rings a bell? Is that Rufus Wainwright before he changed his name? So I don't, this is why it's so interesting. Loudon Wainwright Can you Can III? you repeat that so I can Google it, please? Loudon Wainwright, so it's L-O-U-D-O-N, mm-hmm. Loudon Wainwright, W-A-I-N-W-R-I-G-H-T-3. He was the musical guest with ABBA on episode 5, ever, of Saturday Night Live, and that's some. that was the subject He's of only the, 75. That's the documentary Christopher Guest made... That's his most recent directing credit from 2018, a documentary about Loudon Wainwright III. I, um, I'm sad. I'm sad that I don't. Um, 
because yeah, I'm fascinated. Like somebody that would be so interesting that Christopher Guest would make a. He's still alive in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Um, That's fascinating. Hey. Yeah. For jesters. Uh huh. A Netflix film. Oh. Cameos are incredible, right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god! A Grammy winning, Grammy winning singer. Wadden Wainwright III reflects upon his unique relationship with his father in an evening of original songs and heartfelt stories. This so Rufus a... Wainwright is his son. Okay. It looks like. And it was a net. It was a Netflix film that was directed by Christopher Guest in 2018. It's uh, it's got a 7.1 out of 10. You know, I am, that looks really good. But, mm-hmm. I've already loved Christopher Guest, but. I am starting to love him more and more because I feel like I can relate to Absolutely. the things he's trying to portray. This is beautiful. You know what I really love Ugh. is that he like he he has his fingers in so many different aspects yes. of this and he's he doesn't seem like the person that was trying to put his face he has he has his movies that everybody's like, "Oh, I love those Christopher Guest documentaries." I don't know all these other projects all these serious things all these dramatic things he's done the acting uh you know not to mention he's i also love the fact that he's worked with rob reiner so many times the loyalty is beautiful also like again tribe and like working with people that you click with absolutely no i mean like his whole uh his his group that he does these things for the waiting for Guffman uh, cast list of, of him with Fred Willard, Parker Posey, Catherine O'Hara, mm-hmm. um, Larry Miller, David Cross, Eugene Levy, like all, um, you know. Also, keep, keep I just I do want I do want to say one quick thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sidetracking. I apologize, but you can erase this. But. Wainwright the third. Mm-hmm. His middle name is Snowden. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start a conspiracy theory to bring back Chris, like Christopher Guest and, and Yeah. He's got Honestly like though, like three last as names. silly as this sounds yeah. Jester's is is kind of a like a perfect type or or the other one that will not be named yet, but Yeah. To stay relevant and to to understand that entertainment really is a parody of itself. Oh, maybe that's. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, no, I I see I see where you're going. I see where you're going. Um, to get people like that, like I mean, Wainwright the Third is still alive. Rufus Wainwright, Wainwright, sorry, um, is famous for, um, for doing Hallelujah. Obviously, and we can also make a Shrek reference, which will appeal to Gen Z. <laughs> she's yeah, she's a ten, but she dresses up like Shrek. No, um, you mean eleven? Uh, these go all the way to eleven. <laughs> this is Spinal Tap, and I'm gonna need one after this podcast because I am sick. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um. There's some, like, yes. the world is so large and expansive, and especially, like, 
you know, we worry about the news and we worry about all these types of things, but when it really comes down to it, art will prevail overall because people are always going to want to express themselves and rebel in some ways, but it's not necessarily about rebellion. It's about bringing people together to let them know that they're, they're not alone. Yeah. In a time where we are all having to be kind of solidarity driven mm -hmm. and, and hiding, um, art is always something where you can just Netflix and chill <laughs> in our, in our day. Like, that's it. So you know which, um, I'm sorry. I just got, uh, really impressed. I apologize. You know, uh, so you know which one, uh, Michael McKeon is? Yeah. Okay. I'm just, I'm so impressed under his acting credits. On, um, <laughs> right. On, uh, IMDB. He is credited with 247, yeah. Uh, acting Chris. That's incredible. Yes. That's incredible. Go ahead. Go look, go look through them. Go scroll through them. I don't even have that many episodes of the podcast. I am <laughs> 37 episodes. Uh, and he is about to be in... Uh, let's see. Uh, Do you know... Reboot. Um, a reboot reboot? Okay. No, like... Hold on, the, like the, like the animated show reboot reboot. Wait, because he was I think he was in that. No. Actually, so I thought that's what it was, but this is, it looks like no. It says follows an early two thousands family sitcom that Hulu had rebooted, and their dysfunctional cast then must deal with the unresolved issues in today's fast changing world. Okay, now also you know that Hulu is like the king of reboots right now because they also just did Animaniacs. We I, talked about. I today. know you just like I. I can't. Need to... But Michael McKeon actually, I. I do. I want to like have a little appreciation post for him. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows his name. Yeah. But they know him. Like everybody. Even like I don't. I don't care if you're 14 or you're 74. Or purple. You know. Or a kangaroo. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't care. I don't just. Oh man. Yeah. Can I say that I love you? Is that weird? <laughs> you, you may ask. It's actually way. I, I think. I think it's more weird if you just ask. And I was like, no, you may not say that. Because <laughs> we at the podcast. No. <laughs> we at the podcast. Uh, this is an asexual podcast. We uh, we're just <laughs> very objective. I mean. We do talk about uh, a, a love story between two mentally ill people every week. Silver Linings Playbook being the uh, mental illness fairy tale um, between somebody who is freshly divorced and somebody whose husband has died. Um, you all heard that in the song. So you'll, you'll, you know that already. But, yeah. Michael McKeon is a composer. Really? He's an actor, comedian, screenwriter, director, singer, composer, and musician. Oh my god, he, I'm gonna yeah. tweet him right now, <laughs> try to get him to compose a new Silver Linings playcast. That's crazy. I am just saying that, that his second biggest Michael McKeon Appreciation Week! 
36 soundtrack. Uh, right? Um, I was just like, what? Like, that dude including is not Hero giving up. <laughs> He's just like, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, I mean that in the most beautiful, supporting way. Like, He's not giving up on anything. Like, he's going to freaking do it. He did one of the songs in The Producers. They rebooted The Producers, yes. the Academy Awards. Um, that's what I love. So, uh, so um, We're bigger. We're getting bigger. I was just thinking about that, Tony. Do you know words. what the, uh, the EGOT uh, is? Um... Let's see. Uh, I mean, he ran the gambit <laughs> of everything. I've uh, a mutual friend, Brian Valencia. I'm really gonna try to get him an EGOT. That's one of his life ambitions. Maybe I shouldn't be saying that on it. It's not nice. To Wait, hold on. Can you, but can you repeat it? <laughs> but absolutely, EGOT. Uh, that's one of the things that Brian wants to get, and I want to help him get that too. Because then I feel like secondarily, I would also sort of credit one but it's it's uh, winning an emmy uh a grammy an oscar and a tony and there's so it's very very few people have done that because it's, it's hard enough to win any of those but um i think in one field it does sort of seem like if you perform at a high enough level eventually like i feel like most um so it's really what, interesting. what show are you talking about show Oh no! You're we, talking about like how you want Brian to. Yeah, be able yeah. To that's, be we we talked about that when we were hosts of the World Series and we were traveling around and, we were, and you know we talked about our life goals and stuff and what we wanted and one of his. Oh my goodness! And easily I, he could. I told him, easily. I, he I told him that because I think I think I don't I don't want to I'm not going to say acting is easier but I'm going to say uh, the the music and the theater are more specific I think I think now, do you feel like Brian has. Neil Patrick Harris vibes. Absolutely. He has a because I, it takes a very special person. And I, I love feel Neil like, Patrick Harris, and I actually think Brian Hatt could be bigger. Bigger, I, we're and, getting bigger. It's yeah, no. I'm seriously. saying that as somebody that totally. Lo- I think Neil <laughs> Patrick Harris is is fantastic, and. Um, but I also think that he realized <laughs> when to settle the fuck down, and take take the reins himself now i feel like somebody like brian mm-hmm. sorry brian you might be listening not sorry that's okay he doesn't i believe in you like mm-hmm. i genuinely believe in brian valencia mm-hmm. like and i do feel like he's 100 percent capable of things um now i will speak from my own experience which mm-hmm. you and i have talked about at great lengths um I have a lot of soul searching to do and I have a lot of questions that I need to answer for myself mm-hmm. and I feel like he may be in that same boat sure but and it's like it's not a it's not a position of like the only person that's holding you back is yourself I feel like because of how genuine and how caring and kind and talented and hungry he is that can hold you back because 
Right. Oh, I'm sorry. I got like really existential there. It can hold you back, but it's not going to hold him back for long. Yeah, sometimes it just takes waiting. The oldest EGOT a winner yes. was yes. Um, 87 years old. John Gilgood, uh, mm-hmm. who won it in 1991. This is interesting. The most recent, the most recent person to complete. And let's see, uh, one, two, three. Who's four, the youngest five, winner? Six, also, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. There's seventeen. There's is 17 Tim Curry people. on that list? Because if he's not, I'm gonna like burn down a building. No, okay. I don't <laughs> see. There, uh, the youngest from this list looks like it was. John Legend in 2018. John Legend, 2018. It took him 12 years. Uh, The second youngest was... That makes sense, though. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm not saying this in a bad way to take anything away. They don't have to be the best in each of those fields. It's, It's mostly about, like, qualifying to get the highest award in each of those things. But it's also not even the, the highest award, it's just to get an award. But because the thing within... is, like, if, if you're a composer, too, and you score something mm-hmm. that went, like, I'm not saying it's easier, but, like... I have a, hey, you know, yeah. it, John Legend, I have a song that I want to sell you. <laughs> yeah. Because the thing is, like, in movies, too, there's years where it's not super competitive for songs, like, right? Exactly. Like, like there may only be, like, whatever the Pixar movie is that comes out, they're, they're probably going to win... Oh, I mean, Randy Newman like is going to get it every time. Thing, so. Right. Jennifer Hudson <laughs> was the most recent. And she... Wow, that she, was years ago. Sorry, that was loud. Yeah, it, it, hey, it hold on. I need, to, I need to call back to, to, to Brian. Mm-hmm. I know, like, I don't know if he's listening, but I hope that he is. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see what he does. Mm-hmm. Like, very excited. Oh, if so, there's also like super, so much, so much capability and like so much. Absolutely, absolutely. I believe in him. Incredible. I believe in him so much. That's why I'm glad that he's. I need to get him on. He needs to. We need to all do a podcast this next the the upcoming episode. I need. Yeah, and he's he's also he's doing a show with Um, Maggie from Jesters. mm -hmm. Um. They're doing a show, and they sold out already. We So all we need to do is make... Uh, here's the thing. We can make uh, this this TV show and win an Emmy. When we get canceled, we'll make a movie that mm-hmm. wins an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. We'll do a stage show, just like uh, the South Park guys did the Book mm-hmm. of Mormon. Or, or, hey, not even South Park. You can even, yeah. like, say Trailer Park Boys. Absolutely. <laughs> and then there'll be a Grammy-winning Letter song Kenny. From, from that. And then we can get him his... We can all get. We got it. We got it. We got you, Brian. <laughs> so interesting. So there's there's five people who have who have an EGOT if they if they didn't win, like one of the awards in the categories, but they were given like the Special Lifetime Achievement Academy Award. You know, they they could have they could have actually rearranged category. instead of EGOT. It could have been GOAT, like G O E T, like. <laughs> <laughs> The goat, the greatest of all time. Could Sorry. have been the Togue too, T O G E. Uh, it could have uh, been the. Uh, I'm the worst. I'm sorry. Getty, got Gotti, Gotti. Uh, uh, Gotte. Tig. Got it. 
They also Got just could have come up with another name for it that didn't have to be an acronym. They, call, they could have called it. It could have just been the goat. Like, mm-hmm. you're the goat. <laughs> like, G-O-E-T? Goat? Absolutely. What the heck? Who is in charge of that? Uh, I don't... It's not, um... Probably shitty white people. No, because it's not like a oh, real thing. Of course it's not. It was... Again, created by sh- it was just an acronym coined by actor Michael Philip Thomas in 1986 uh, when his role on the new hit show Miami Vice bought him instant Oh, no! And he decided no! his desire no, to achieve no. the EGOT within five years. He was never nominated for the EGOT. <laughs> it was created by a guy Yeah, Miami it was Vice. created by a shitty white person. <laughs> like, the most prestigious award in... in was coined by a Miami Vice hack. Philip Michael Thomas. Oh. He's never been nominated. There's he was never, never there nominated never been a... for any of them. He wanted all of them. That's that's such a... That's... Suddenly I feel like I have to empty my bowels. <laughs> What's your problem? Okay, the term gained recognition in 2010 after oh my the goodness. fourth season of the sitcom 30 I'm sorry Rock. I'm taking this way off track. Uh-huh. Oh, so apparently uh, um, Tracy Morgan's character on 30 Rock set out to achieve an EGOT. Uh, so oh, that's, that's you know what, became. though? Hey, hold on. Hold mm-hmm. on. That was, a, that was a brainchild. That had to be a brainchild out of ultimate, like, alternate people. Like, like Steve Martin and Tina Fey and all that. They had to be like, no, Tracy Morgan is going to get it all. Because it's freaking hilarious. That is hilarious. Right? Yes. So that that had to be like, like a hey, let's fuck with the system. Oh, mm-hmm. I said another one. I'm That's sorry. That's okay. That's fine. At least I'm aware. Here, here's of the thing: it's either like it's said or it's not. So then, um, oh, you know who is close? This would be fun. Uh, Trey Parker. Uh, yes. From, See. Yeah. He actually. He just, See. He, he so it's Academy it's Award. a parody. It's a parody of uh-huh. itself. That would be funny. Um, that is, oh, hey, let's get Christopher Guest. Randy and a Newman bunch is of, missing the Tony, but he's got everything else. Well, <laughs> hey, let's let's get Ray. Like, let's let's campaign for that. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness, let's get uh, Randy Newman a Tony. Like, like seriously, like we can campaign for that. I mean, if QAnon can do stuff. Do you know what I'm amazing? Job. I'm watching this. Uh, you know who missing the Tony, but having everything else, Julie Andrews. Which I'm kind of oh my goodness okay at. yes no okay we're gonna you also, know what also she's she's at the age Robin where... Williams would have had it all if he didn't if oh uh, he had had a Tony. my goodness and him and the he he would have been amazing if he to to have a run you know what though he did earn it because he did everything in all of them in Birdcage they should, absolutely so shame on everybody for not giving him. That. I think, yeah, because so, they did a play of that, right? Too? It's they, literally they... everything all in one. So just for the birdcage alone, mm-hmm. he is an honorary EGOT. I am signing it into law right now. Not only is Al Pacino missing a Grammy, but there, I don't think there's anybody on this list that Al Pacino is cool enough. Whatever. No. I want to hear an Al Pacino album. I'm, I want. I just. I'm going to start campaigning for him to start making music. No, I want I, just want, I want Julie yeah. Andrews first. <laughs> Fly I me to it, the moon and let me play amongst the stars. stars. Ah. 
<laughs> Say hello. Yeah. To <laughs> my heart in San Francisco. <laughs> that would be. He would if he did if he wanted one. Hey, he him, hold on, it, hold on, hold he on. He would get him, it just because it's funny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Him, and oh my goodness, I am blanking. Give me two seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeff? Uh, Gold, Goldblum. Yes. Jeff Goldblum. The two of them together. That would be, either one, like, if they did that, that would be He amazing. can play the piano, and they can both be EGOTs uh -huh. together. I, okay. Al Pacino so, and Jeff Goldblum. Listen to Are this. <laughs> if, so somebody is stupid... Some somebody that wants to make a bunch of movie is money is stupid because there's a bunch of actors that are missing their Grammy because they don't have an opportunity to make Grammy and Grammy music. If somebody made an album that had Al Pacino, Helen Mirren, uh, <gasps> Helen Mirren is not a goat. Ellen Burstyn, Viola Davis. I'm going to call it a goat from now on. Jeremy Irons because she is the goat. <gasps> Jeremy Irons and Francis Norman, Liza Minnelli. They're all missing a Grammy. If you made an album that just had all of those people singing, like, a song... Hey, guess what? They'd win. Yeah. We are the world 3.0. Exactly. Fuck off. Just for the novelty they of all those people. They can't not sing. do it. I... You heard that right here, folks. It's a billion-dollar idea uh, on the Silver Linings Playcast. Um, just, you could do it. You could make money. I don't, like, I don't even care because I think all these awards are dumb anyway. You know, I'm, I'm saying. I'm, I, they're fun. Hey, you know what? It's still but, not the Covey Awards in Biloxi, Mississippi. You're, I don't... Because I bet honestly, most of these people don't have hey, those. Gumby, uh -huh. a.k.a. Katie Filipowskis, was able to walk a red carpet, so... I've never walked a red carpet. That's, Good. They're slippery and usually covered in champagne. <laughs> it's real squishy. Oh my goodness, guess what? Well, uh, as much as I love this conversation, I, we have done more than enough for a podcast. Podcast. Good so, thing it's a hundred parter. I'm gonna wrap this up. But do you have any final thoughts or things that you would like everybody to know? Um, I actually would uh, like to take this moment mm -hmm. to lead everybody in prayer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what about Do something nice for yourself this week. Oh, okay. Do something kind for yourself this week. Just keep being you, no matter what the stakes are. This is your personal permission to just get at it if you feel like you need to and take a break if you need to as well that is beautiful well that's all the time we have here for the silver linings playcast thanks for tuning in to uh part 10 of our special 100 parter 100th episode tune in next week and every week uh, as long as we decide to keep doing this uh, it's the only podcast, as far as I know, solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. I've been your host, Jamie Ward. Until next time, we will see you down the road at Excelsior.